0: This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. The campaign to recall Governor Gavin Newsom from office is facing early opposition from a majority of California voters, according to a new survey from the Public Policy Institute of California. KQED Politics reporter Guy Marzarotti has more.
1: 56% of likely voters in the
0: PPIC poll say they'd vote against removing Newsom from office should a recall election qualify this year. And the 40% of voters who support the recall is pretty similar to the 38% who voted against Newsom back in 2018. PPIC President and CEO Mark Baldassari says voter views
1: on the recall are breaking along party lines.
2: The strong support that he has among Uh, Democrats today means a lot to his political survival this year.
1: Election officials across the state are currently validating voter signatures to determine if a recall election will take place. For the California Report,
0: I'm Guy Marzarati. In that same PPIC poll, an overwhelming majority of Californians who took part in the survey say there should be a path to citizenship for undocumented immigrants. The 85% of likely voters who agreed fell largely along party lines, with Democrats overwhelmingly supportive at 93% versus 68% for Republicans. When asked about providing health care to undocumented immigrants, which is under consideration by state lawmakers, 66% of Californians approve, up from 54% in 2015, the last time the Public Policy Institute asked that question. In Southern California, more than 700 migrant children are now being housed at the San Diego Convention Center, including 70 who have tested positive for COVID-19. KPBS reporter Joe Hong has more on the safety procedures in place at the temporary shelter.
1: The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services said the migrant youth who tested positive are all asymptomatic and have been quarantined on a separate floor from the others who are living at the San Diego Convention Center. The acting regional director of the department says all of the migrant teens at the temporary shelter will be tested every three days. Those who test positive will be placed on a separate floor. A spokeswoman for the San Diego County Office of Education said the county will move forward with providing educational services. The instruction for the migrant students is set to start on Wednesday. For the California Report, I'm Joe Hong in San Diego.
0: And Republican Congressman Daryl Issa has spoken out against the move to provide educational services for the teenage girls, noting that many San Diego County schools remain closed for in-person instruction because of the pandemic. More businesses can open today in Alameda and Santa Cruz counties. The transmission of COVID-19 is low enough to propel both regions into the orange tier of the state's reopening blueprint. KQED health reporter Leslie McClurg explains. Lots of places can increase capacity, like wineries, gyms, and movie theaters. And businesses like bars can now reopen, which owners say is huge.
1: It was probably the hardest year to own a bar and restaurant in the history of American hospitality.
0: Billy Joe Egan is the owner of Eli's Mile High Club in Oakland. But reopening his venue isn't as easy as flipping a switch. Staff have to be vaccinated. And Egan can only reopen at 50% capacity outside. That's not enough to pay the bills.
1: I'm a volume place. I'm in the business of getting lots of people in my space at once.
0: Plus, he isn't sure if people will come out in droves. The virus is still out there. The future still feels shaky. For The California Report, I'm Leslie McClurg. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China. And full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free.
1: Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years?
0: In other news, several Democratic state lawmakers are making another push for public banking in California. Los Angeles Assemblyman Miguel Santiago is the lead author of Assembly Bill 1177, which would provide a no-fee, no-penalty bank account to Californians who lack access to traditional banking services.
1: Let's be clear. There is a large population of folks who are currently underbanked. Those who make 15 bucks an hour or less, 80 percent of those are, are inadequately or unbanked, and we've got to do something about it. So we want to attack the issue of income inequality.
0: The bill would allow a public banking option board to partner with existing financial institutions to offer the account statewide. The authors say it would especially help those in underserved communities who often have to rely on check cashing services or payday lenders who charge exorbitant fees. The California Bankers Association opposes the bill, saying most financial institutions already reach out to underserved communities to offer low-cost banking options. The city and county of Sacramento are looking to make municipal fees and fines more equitable. These types of fees have been found to most heavily impact low-income communities and people of color. CAP Radio's Sarah Mises-Tan has more.
2: When Sacramento resident Brees Phipps got out of county jail, he was hit by something he didn't expect, a bill for $3,000. The bill was for a probation officer he didn't need because he was in jail. Phipps had previously served time and then had gone on probation briefly before ending up back in jail for a house burglary. But he says due to an administrative error when he was booked again, nobody informed his probation officer.
1: And then one of the ladies, you know, I remember her saying was that you should have told us when you were on your way to jail, which is kind of crazy. (laughs) So you want me to call you when I'm already in turmoil?
2: He ended up owing thousands of dollars paying for a probation officer to continue coming to his house even though he wasn't there. It took him seven years to pay off his bill to the jail, and he just made his final payment last month.
1: I wanted to pay it off because I'm trying to change my life, so I'm paying this minimum $50 a month is just years and years of not being able to move forward with my education and my career.
2: The city and county of San Francisco have led the way in rethinking how municipal fees and fines can have an outsized impact on the city's most vulnerable. Jail fees in particular are notorious for preying on those who are least likely to be able to pay them. And Stuhl Dreher, director of financial justice for San Francisco, says there are certain fees that have a disproportionate impact on people of color and low-income communities. It's a very inequitable way of raising revenue. We know that communities of color a lot of the time are over-policed and are therefore more likely to get citations. San Francisco has eliminated incarceration and probation fees like the ones Brees Phipps had to pay. In Sacramento, there may be relief soon. The city and county will be holding a series of forums in the coming weeks to hear from the community what fees and fines are most detrimental to those who are least able to pay. For the California Report, I'm Sarah Mises-Tan in Sacramento.
0: First Lady Dr. Jill Biden will be visiting the Central Valley today to meet with farm workers and also pay tribute to Cesar Chavez. She's set to tour a vaccination site set up to target farm workers in Delano at the 40 Acres, the first home of the United Farm Workers of America. It was also the site where Chavez fasted in support of the treatment of farm workers in the 1960s and 70s. Dr. Biden is expected to be joined by Governor Newsom and first partner Jennifer Siebel Newsom. GOVERNOR NEWSOM SAYS THE STATE WILL BE HIRING NEARLY 1400 ADDITIONAL FIREFIGHTERS AS CONCERNS GROW ABOUT ANOTHER POTENTIALLY DEVASTATING FIRE SEASON. THE GOVERNOR IS USING HIS EMERGENCY AUTHORITY TO SPEND NEARLY $81 MILLION FOR ADDITIONAL FORCES. Most of the new firefighters will be seasonal through the end of June and will help some of the most understaffed Cal Fire crews. California saw an unusually dry winter after a record-setting wildfire season in 2020 when more than 4 percent of the state's land burned, killing 33 people and destroying more than 10,000 buildings. Well, the pandemic has made it hard for some Californians to pay their utility bills. For much of the last year, the state has suspended disconnections, but that moratorium is scheduled to end in June. Right now, there's a debate over how to cover the shortfall by customers who've racked up utility debt. One option is to cover them. Money to do that could come from the government from utility shareholders or by having ratepayers who can pay bear the cost for those who can't. Melissa Kasnitz is legal director at the Center for Accessible Technology based in Berkeley. The utilities are very actively engaged in exploring options that would be paid for by ratepayers, by the customers who aren't in debt, by adding more to our bills to provide support for the customers whose debt has been accumulated. But they're extremely, extremely reluctant to consider any alternatives that would be funded by their shareholders. This applies to all of California's investor-owned utilities, including Southern California Edison, SoCal Gas, San Diego Gas and Electric, and PG&E. In PG&E's case, shareholders aren't just investors, though. The utility's recent bankruptcy left PG&E's fire victims holding almost one quarter of the company's stock through a trust. No one is talking about putting all of the burden
2: on shareholders,
0: but I don't think the fact that fire victims are among PG and E shareholders should be a basis to relieve shareholders of any responsibility at all. But it is an unfortunate dynamic. In a filing with regulators yesterday, PG&E said it's assisted 3,000 customers during the pandemic, although that's about half the number of families they helped a year earlier. In a recent press release, pg and also said it plans to contribute $1.25 million to nonprofits assisting vulnerable people coping with impacts from the pandemic. The UCLA Bruins advanced to the Final Four of the NCAA men's basketball tournament last night. UCLA pulled off the upset, defeating number one seed Michigan 51 to 49 in the East Regional Final. It's the team's first trip to the Final Four since 2008. After the game, students celebrated on rooftops and in the streets, including starting fires at UCLA's fraternity row. The fires were eventually extinguished by LA fire crews. In the NCAA women's basketball tournament, top-seeded Stanford also advanced to the final four, defeating Louisville last night, seventy-eight to sixty-three. The Cardinal will take on fellow number one seed South Carolina on Friday. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you. C! L! A! And that is the California Report for this Wednesday, March 31st. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali.
1: Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits, stanfordhealthcare.org slash adaptingcare. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere.
2: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
1: Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles. The Snap Judgment podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.